Hey everyone, this is James from Build Tune Race, and I went to Denver, Colorado and did a live feed with Doug Paddock of Defco Trucks, and we talked about all things of Defco Trucks and the big BA350 they've built, as well as some racing, some oil um, talk, and just a lot of cool little things. So here's the audio from it. If you were interested in watching the video and the little walk around of the truck towards the portion of it, you should be able to find it under Build Tune Race on YouTube. Thanks. So... For anybody that doesn't know, this is Doug Paddock of Paddock Imports, of Defco Trucks, of um, HPL Distributing, Overkill Race Cars. We have a couple of things going on. Got a lot of stuff going on here in their little uh, compound area here. They got uh, right in front of us is, what would you say, that's a Paddock Imports kind of, yep. what's your specialty there? What's We uh, we specialize in European imports, uh, primarily BMW, Porsche, Mercedes, Audi, Volkswagen. Uh, that's the lion's share of that's where I started in the industry and at 14 I was working in a BMW shop and I gravitated up through and I worked for a couple of uh, uh, manufacturers on the corporate level and decided that wasn't my direction of travel and, and came back home to Denver and it was uh, went to work for Coors for a while worked for Earl Davis and nobody remembers Earl Davis uh, my father passed away uh, in, an, in an effort to help my mom with my dad's firm come back and you know you guys it's a passed away unexpectedly, sure. so it's one of those things that brought me back to Colorado. We started this business in basically Genesis, this business in 1989. Wow. And I was born. <laughs> Don't date me. <laughs> uh, from there we did a couple different things, but it, we this, this business started back over in 06. I was left for dead by two partners with a, uh, a business partnership that we had that didn't work out well. I don't make a good employee. Sure. So we started back over and we grew from one employee and one hoist to now we have uh, 16 employees yeah. and a, a 15,000 square foot facility in front and uh, the back shop which is kind of was the skunk works forever is now 10,000 square feet and it's being converted into race car fabrication and uh, building trucks. Yep. So if you guys haven't seen it, uh, you had a pretty crazy little video that you <laughs> yeah. made. Uh, I've posted on the page a few times, or if you guys go to Defco Trucks on their Instagram or Facebook or whatever, YouTube, uh, there's some videos on there explaining or showing what they did. Uh, this truck right here behind me, uh, it's a 2018? It's a 17. 17. So 17, 18. Yep, 18 and 17 and newer we do, two, the 250s and 350s. So they do a conversion on the trucks that <clears throat> it's, it's really big. Uh, it makes a stock truck look little. It makes big trucks look little. It's pretty crazy. Um, what's this one look like compared to your other truck that you built? Uh, the gray and blue yeah. one. Yeah. It's uh, it's actually one inch shorter. It's three inches, four inches narrower. It does not use a large tire. Oh, okay. It uses the the blue and gray truck, the Mega Raptor, uses a forty six inch tall tire. Uh -huh. These use a forty three. The the biggest difference is is these forty threes are a tire that was built by Continental for Mercedes Benz for the Unimogs which is, if anybody doesn't know what a Unimog is, it's an extre extremely expensive uh, truck. Okay. And they basically, I believe Mercedes-Benz put almost $50, or $50 million in just the development of this tire. So big tire trucks, if anybody's, everybody's had a, either ridden an elliptic truck or driven an elliptic truck, they drive like shit, excuse my French, but they do. <laughs> and they, they're, they're horrible and you can't do anything with them and they're clunky and they're weird to drive. And we've all had big trucks and I wanted a big truck but I wanted to have something that was usable. And these trucks have all full capability of what a stock F350 or 250 would have towing. Sure. The, the payload's the same. Uh, it still uses, retains the factory bed uh, bed rail so you could run a camper if you want, but working with a, a local oh, okay. company to build a, a, actually a very unique pop-up camper for expeditionary uh, 
use, which is a huge and growing trend that's absolutely, it's a, it's a sleeper. Nobody would ever <laughs> guess it. But when you pay a half million dollars for a, for a, uh, a uh, earth roamer, I think you can. A, yeah, those things are crazy because they're just up north here. They right? are just up north. Yeah, yeah you see them parked off the side of the road and they're. They're massive. Yeah, they look yeah. like they'd be hard to drive around. But. Yeah, they're big. <laughs> but, um, so our biggest deal is to have a, a big functional truck that, that actually works. You can actually them. go beat on and jump and. Yeah. If you feel like jumping it, I guess. Yeah, uh, if you so desire. <laughs> so the jump that you did with the truck was what? Uh, how far? Well, we. How big? I thought we were going <laughs> to jump approximately. 45 to 50 feet and that's what we marked off we ended up depending upon whose foot we thought at one time it was going to be it was 102 feet but when we we're all said and done it ended up being 92 feet by and judging by the drone footage where the drone was sitting we were probably uh bottom of the tire is probably 14 feet off the ground wow yeah a little little too much little little came in a little hot sent yeah. it a little too much yeah i uh i, I didn't want to short it and i kept telling lance it was getting cold and we knew the short was the the jump was short. Um, we knew it was lippy, but I was like, "What the heck? If I speed up, I don't. I think I can get past it." And it survived. It just was a hell of a ride. And um, <laughs> but yeah. there's some videos out there where Doug walks around the truck, kind of explains what went wrong. But I guess we could go over like kind of what mm -hmm. it didn't total the truck. It didn't. I mean, <laughs> no. it's, it's still good. Yeah, it's it's funny because James walked around the truck, and you, everybody's like, "Oh, the frame's cracked." Is there? Man, everybody's welcome to look at it all they want. Um, other than um, some body damage and then some other stuff, some improvements, and they're actually, we're, we've been so busy with everything else and taking building new trucks, we haven't finished this one, um, which is, these man, these guys are killing it. I just, I'm the mouthpiece, but these dudes are killing <laughs> it. So. Yeah, there's a lot of fab work, a lot of custom pieces, parts that you guys, like you were talking about, you went into SolidWorks and rendered it and kind of did all that to design it i guess right yeah there's a whole story of the progression of this truck and i've kind of gone over it, and we can do it that now if you want but yeah, it's a sure. cool story so we the mega raptors just weren't going the direction of travel we wanted we wanted improvements and the designer and owner of the, the company it kind of fell on deaf ears and we just wanted to improve i at the end of uh, december last year um i bought this truck and I, i'm gonna get a little weepy this is my mom's favorite color oh. My mom died the 9th of January this year, or last year, and I told her, she loved she loved all my exploits, my stupid shit. <laughs> I brought her home to home hospice in this truck. Oh. So I'm done. Anyways, <laughs> but these trucks are amazing. They The new 1718 Fords, they're completely redesigned. The frames are amazing. They're spaceships. To drive them is, is incredible, and the motor, yeah. they make power. And there's brand loyalties across the board, and I get it. And everybody's a Dodge guy or a Chevy guy or a Ford guy, and I, I love all of it. I think, I think in the end, if I can appreciate anything that somebody's put time and effort in and has a personal stuff. That's why I bond so well with the, with the import guys that we drag race with, like Max. And, I mean, you can just, right. you, those guys, they kick ass and they work hard and they understand that they have literally, they, it is absolutely a, a, an uphill battle. So I appreciate anybody's going to take the time to build something and, and, and put effort into it. Right. With, with that being said, we, we wanted to build this truck on a great platform. And I told Lance, who was working for me it was just me and him and Justin would work part-time between on the race car fab shop and the truck shop I'm like man there's something here we can really do something he was like let's do it I said okay let's put our shoulders behind it set forth uh, talked to a bunch of suspension companies we told them that we wanted at least 12 inches of travel in the front and 15 inches of travel in the rear and still be able to tow 
and everybody just told us to go kick rocks. Finally found yeah. a guy. Um, by total happenstance, we found our fiberglass people who were advanced fiberglass in Costa Mesa. We gave them an idea of what we wanted the truck to look like. Cool. They came with the rendering. We refined it a little bit, and they built this from scratch. Wow. Uh, this truck is 100% the, the first mold, this is actually the first molds that came off the off the truck was this. And we gave them this truck to build it from. So they built the truck uh, fiberglass wise. We took it, it took seven months for that. Holy cow. Yeah, it's a lot, there's a lot to it. And to be a hand laid glass, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different fiberglass. Uh, this glass is all, uh, everything in these trucks are made in America with the exception of the tires. Everything is US made sure. from the wheels uh, that, you're, that are uh, made in, uh, in Missouri from by weld uh, King shocks obviously in California uh, Lewis built so that date brings us to Lewis built so Chris Lewis a Lewis built I was cruising Instagram and I saw this really cool picture of a lower arm on one of these and it had heavy D from uh, diesel brothers okay. Sparks Motors. Uh, he had sent a set to Chris had sent a set to heavy D and it showed a picture and they were awesome. It was exactly what we were talking about. Mm. And I called him up just out of the blue and told him what I wanted to do and he didn't hang up the phone on me. He was like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know something kind of yeah, different. Yeah, 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 so kind of different. And he, so then we, the week later, we drove out to fiberglass, the fiberglass to get uh, final revisions and we just showed up in Chris's shop just out of the blue, literally. I mean, he yeah. didn't get, and it was a Friday afternoon, and there was it was beer thirty, and he was like freaked out that we walked through the door. He's like, "Man, everybody, you know, like pulls your leg or calls you and bullshit you and right, said right. they're gonna do this and this." He goes, "You're here," and I'm like, "We're here, man." Yeah, we're ready to do something. Yeah, so we told him what we wanted to do, and we kind of confirmed and spitballed, and we left. And both Lance and I had a really good vibe about him. The guy's a super great guy, um, hardworking, smart as shit, uh, kind of a kind of a a diamond in the rough for sure. Yeah. And by the time we had got to Barstow, he had texted me two pictures that he had drawn up in SolidWorks right. with ideas, and his brain was just going. And, you know, not to get on a segue, but probably one of my greatest talents, I'm very lucky, but one of my greatest talents is the ability to find something in someone that they don't know exists and extrapolate that and make that for the better. And to see something and go, we can do this and just keep trying to help push, yeah. And, and they just need a little bit of guidance. And, and it, that's my father did that, and he taught me to do it. And it works. So here we are at Chris, and we tell him what we want to do, and we're back and forth, and we sign an agreement to where, okay, we're going to build a cantilever design. It's our design. It's it's his design under our uh, under our mm -hmm. license. Everything on this truck is copyrighted, patented, wow. okay. or trademarked. Everything. It's super cool. We'll show you guys here in a little bit how the suspension lays down. It's, it's cool. It's different. It's different. So it's uh, so anyway. So Chris goes there, and we we tell him what's going on, and. He gets me involved. Gets me connected with Kellen Meadows from NB Motorsports, and NB Motorsports is, uh, I believe, it's one of King's biggest wholesale outlets. And he also does Raceline wheels and stuff. And okay. he's just a super cool guy. And he took my call right out of the bat, and I told him what I wanted to do, and he didn't hang up the phone on me either. He's like, "This is cool. This is badass." So at that point, um, we told him what we want to do, and he got everything ordered. And with big companies like King, there's a lot right. of moving parts. And in order to make stuff happen, sometimes you need somebody like him to facilitate. And Kellen has been instrumental in this truck, and he's been awesome with putting us together with people. He got us together with Fernando Gutierrez um, from Atlas Spring, and Atlas built these springs, the leaf springs for these back of these trucks. That's actually a, a big, uh, it's not really a secret. There are springs now, and nobody can build them, 
uh, and he's cool. made sure of that. But there is a there's proprietary design in here that makes these work. And there's so much little stuff in these trucks that you'll never see, but only appreciate when you drive or jump or right, it, right. That it that it's the whole deal, not just yeah, it looks it's, it's it or a, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a package, man. So here we are in a situation where I get all these guys together and all these parts are coming together. We pick the car up, we pick the truck up from the fiberglass shop and we're at Chris's, house, at Chris's shop. And we literally move into Chris's shop for six days. <laughs> it was like Gilligan's Island. Wow. We, uh, we showed up, we left six days later with a completed truck. Um, 20 hours a day if we slept at all. The very last yeah. night, uh, it's a funny story. We, we were absolutely in the worst hotel on the planet in Hammock, California, it's a Motel <laughs> 6. Uh, we thought we were gonna get shot. Uh, but we ended up spending the last night at Chris's shop. Uh, Lance was sleeping in the bed of the truck. Um, uh, Mike, the appraiser, was sleeping in the in our in our, our tow rig, and I slept in the back seat of this truck. And Chris went home, but we worked all night until we couldn't work anymore, and we just got back up and finished it. But the whole truck was built suspension-wise. Now everything was drawn up in SolidWorks, and a bunch of stuff right, was yeah. it, 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 you know waiting for us. But we built this truck by hand in six days in an effort to get it done with Seaman. Oh, okay. Uh, we had some obligations of SEMA, and we had some. We, they wanted us to do some stuff to remove some suspension, some wheels, to be at certain uh, booths. And they were last minutes because there's always at SEMA. If anybody's been around SEMA long enough, there's always last minute dropout. Oh, so okay. they so they wanted us to do a different wheel. One company wanted us to put a different wheel to put in a very large booth. I had no desire to do that. Weld's been with us from the beginning. Right. Uh, we work with Raceline as well. Um, but with that being said. I wasn't going to make the move, and I wasn't going to compromise that. So at that point, we stopped, um, called off the army because we were going to paint it. Uh, we were going to do the bodywork, paint it, finish it in four days. Steve Dorr was going to do it all. He was going to work four hours. to get it all slammed all together. It was going to be a SEMA, a SEMA thrash. I was like, let's just, let's just throw in the towel. Let's just focus on the vehicle. Let's focus sure. on finishing the product and being there. So that took another approximately three weeks before we got the truck done where we were able to debut it at the Toys for Tots for okay. the Rocky Mountain Diesel Crew, and they've been great as well. But this whole truck has been a culmination of this, but the whole end game was to be able to, to sell these. Right. And not, you know, everybody thinks that they're just a one-off truck that somebody builds, and, and and that's great, and I take that as a huge as a huge compliment that we would take probably would have built it to do something like that anyway, well, but you that's know, not the whole no, plan. No, it's not. I told, I told, uh, I told, Lance, if this thing goes to crap, uh, we're gonna have some really badass, uh, a couple badass trucks. Sure. And, yeah. and, but and they're gonna be really expensive because we have about <laughs> all four, the R and D work into them. We got about four hundred grand bringing this thing Jeez, to market. That's crazy. Um, but there's a lot to it. So there's a lot sure, of moving yeah. parts, and it's it's it, you have to spend you have to take the time to do this and to understand that if you don't do something like this, you're not gonna have something like this. And it's the, right. you know nothing risk, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So. If but, you guys would, please share it right by where you guys are commenting. I appreciate the comments. I uh, need to pull it up and see if you guys got any questions, too. Um, but please share it. Get it around for us. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Um, so, I mean, so you did that. You got it debuted. And then you've been playing with it. Yeah. We uh, we got it together. Been driving it a bunch. We put about... How many miles does the truck have on it total? Uh, it had 1,000 miles on it when we drove 1,200 miles on it. And now it's eight. Yeah, so about 6,500 miles on it since on we've been driving it. Yeah, since we've been driving it. So, you know, we're trying to mile it up, figure out what works, what doesn't. And I'll be honest with you, I've done a, I built a fair amount of cars. Anybody that, that knows me knows that I've put a couple cars together in, in street cars, and there's always like something, like something big. And we right. get to have something big on this truck. 
we've it's been pretty thought out there's all some you know some annoyances and some stuff you want to refine but it's all it's been pretty amazing the fact that nothing's yeah, you haven't completely had to redesign something no, or change no. something or our, our biggest thing we were fight you fight with is going from the metric lines to the to the to the an lines the 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 brake lines because it is a metric line and it's a sleeve line so we we've got that figured out through a, a company in california but the neat thing with these is like any other build is and anybody that builds something you have a group of friends or counterparts or whatever but it's the friends that you make right to get to this point and the relationships and the, the roads that you travel and you laugh and you sweat and you cry <laughs> and you can't sleep and it's just but the coolest thing on this road for us is the ability to build a, an incredible truck that's available available for the general public they're not cheap but they're not crazy so, money so that was a question i kind of know part of this answer it says mm -hmm. what's the kit price but you don't get a kit no you, you don't get a order a whole bunch of fiberglass and suspension parts and it shows up at your house and you put it together you guys have to do it right here so, so contrary to what the industry has been doing in the, for the past 30 years is that you buy your suspension from one from one place and you buy your fiberglass from another place and you essentially assemble the truck well, that limits a couple people. That builds a really cool truck sometimes, right. but it doesn't allow the general public or John, you know, the guy that doesn't have that fabrication skill or doesn't have a fabrication shop or a shop to assemble it, doesn't give them the ability to do that. So what this does is this gives a, a turnkey deal. Right. So, you know, there's a lot to it, but the bottom, where we're at with these trucks is that we want to get somebody in a truck, a very, very nice brand new 2018 uh, XLT Premium, with our with our conversion for under 100 grand which, that's pretty good yeah and then that gets you the stage one which is a very nice truck and very it looks just like this one and then you can go to the stage two which is what this truck is and that's 69,950. so basically that, over and beyond over and beyond so so you have the the base truck which is 70 so about 140 grand gets you this truck so it, i guess visual kind of stage one and then stage two is what like the shocks or better wheels and tires or kind of what's the so the visual so stage one gets you the truck you basically see so it comes with the wheels tires the body paint and body we paint the entire truck uh the bumpers the suspension is a little bit different it uses king components sure. uses two and a half inch front steering stabilizers as well as a, a three inch king oem coilover and then with of our of our valving and then a rear king shock double adjustable so it, it's a it's a it's it's like a really, 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 really cool lifted, capable truck. It sure, still tows. Sure. So those guys are easily going to have that into their truck. That's not near as capable if they just go buy a new truck and throw a big lift and crazy tires, but never really go through the whole. Right. When you when you put everything up and you put a pad to paper and you add everything up you would do to to bring something like this to fruition for the for an average person, you're typically at between fifty and you know fifty and sixty thousand dollars all right. in with with the suspension and, and wheels, tires, and and the components thereof so it's not that out of the the ordinary just when it just right. seems like a big number and and here's the deal they're not for everybody and i get that but sure, at the same sure. time if you want it we'll build it yeah and i'm sure if there's something a little different they wanted you'd probably do some we've been pretty a couple little different things well there's a there's um uh, there is one more stage above the stage two and it's the ltfo um look the out and we were this truck will the red truck will be an ltfo we're building a uh, one of the, an LTFO for a really cool guy that we met two weeks ago, and he happens to be overseas. It's uh, I'm not at liberty to say because it's not my place, but to tell you that this truck is going to be 
absolutely the coolest thing ever. <laughs> it it would be like if I could build something and I didn't have a budget. Right, right. At all. Somebody says, just build me the coolest thing you can do and go. Please. And that, and yeah, it's, it's yeah. And it's, it's been awesome and he's been super kind and generous. And so we're lucky there. And we have a couple of other people that uh, have a couple uh, local pro athletes that we're working with to build. I forget you're in Denver, so. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in Denver. And then we uh, we have a, a gentleman in Miami who uh, requested one. And we have another one for a local Ford dealer that's going to build and, and, and sell. That's going to be a selling dealer. We also have two more for a, a very interesting project that I, I am not at liberty to speak about, but it's really cool. And, uh, for anybody that's a, a, a camper or a, an outdoor enthusiast, I think they're going to flip when they see this because there's nothing like it. So right. There's a lot of opportunities for us, and it's there's this this really this market space for us here. It doesn't exist. We made it. Right. No, and I guess that's kind of the cool thing is there's not another one of those unless you guys have built it or gonna build it or whatever, they gotta come to you to get something like that. Right, It's and it's, our whole point was we wanted to do something different enough to where it wasn't like a standard truck that lifted truck, because I'm not a big lifted truck guy. I'm not a guy, and I'm nothing wrong with it, but I'm not a guy <laughs> that's gonna put a, a 24 by 14 Sure. rim on my you know and, and have a th you know it, that's just not my style it's for some people it's great but I want to be able to use it and every truck I've ever owned I've tried to have not pretty nice trucks has always been practical to a certain extent you know you right. trucks are, this is probably arguably the most practical truck I've ever owned and it's the biggest <laughs> truck I've ever owned. <laughs> what, what do you think about driving them around I know like the the mega Raptor that thing I just randomly you guys passed me it's probably you driving it or whatever i was up here in denver something else i was like holy that right. thing is big it takes up the whole lane and well people see it coming and they, they do and and, <laughs> and technically that truck is a little wider than dot regulations and that was one of my arguments oh okay with. so why but, you kind of shorten right. this one so with that being said these trucks drive like a passenger truck they drive absolutely better than well better than my platinum my right. I have a platinum chop truck okay. and with the stage and we did our best to do that the tires are big and they have a, a super heavy sidewall because of what the load rating is but there's a technique to to balancing them and, and trimming them to make them function and ride smooth and no harmonics uh, lifted trucks are notorious for bump steer the lifted right. trucks are notorious there is no there's minimal bump steer there's less than three quarters of an inch of bump steer in this entire travel the suspension from 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 droop to 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 uh, or from incomplete extension so okay. with that being said I mean you can drive them literally every day both my kids have driven this truck um, God bless Alexis she can barely see over the steering wheel but she drove it <laughs> hi Lex if you're listening but they're very functional trucks and I right. wanted to make it to where yes you can you make it through a drive-through absolutely and I've done it you want to go through a bank drive-through no, no I would not do that not. No, no. Um, they're seven foot two so they fit in most people's garages they're Seven foot four is the standard uh, for downtown parking garages here. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, for construction okay. vans and stuff. So there was sure. a reason why we put this why we put it this height. It also has extremely low center of gravity. This thing handles and rides. They they don't drive like a big lifted truck. You can take a, a corner at sixty miles an hour. Don't and feel it, like it's gonna roll right over. Absolutely on you. not. And that's a testament to to Chris's suspension and and to the King shocks and and a wider track. You know, so the the track the the, the vehicle is fourteen inches wider than factory. 
Wow. The actual truck itself is 18 inches wider than the factory. So it's three inches narrower than a dually. So the, the standard. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. not. No, no. So it's. it's so, so just the whole clear. truck's a yeah. little bit bigger, She's not big. just the yeah. back. <laughs> She's big, but she doesn't drive big. But if the mirror's clear, you clear. So. Yeah. No, oh, that's really cool. So that's. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Uh, even when you see the pictures and them jumping and stuff, I think that's something that makes the jump. I mean, the jump looks big, but it's even bigger once you realize how big the truck actually is too. So uh, it's a really cool piece. I wanted to get up here because the video did kind of go, I guess you could say viral. How many views did you say you kind of well, got through all that bill? we started, the best guess we have because it was shared and we didn't have right, it on YouTube, right, yeah. there's an analytics program that has over 30 million Wow. views and I think it was shared 47,000 times um, throughout the, it, it we purposely did what we did with the jump halfway you know we stopped it halfway right so we got up and we we're like you know Defco trucks jumping into 2018 and we just stopped it and it's just like going to a NASCAR race or anything else everybody's looks for the crash right they're gonna we're gonna watch this yard sale and crash it so we <laughs> We put it out, you know, and we just stopped it there, and, and man, the Facebook Nazis killed me. I was on a Raptor forum, and they went, I mean, they wanted me crucified. They wanted my head, oh, you can't, you're, you know, you're being dishonest, you're not showing this and that. And it was a like, little teaser, was yeah, it not, that you were going to show yeah, it all? And, I was, and it was Lexus's idea, and, and Lance was the same way. He's like, post, leave it for 24 hours, and we left everybody hanging. And there was about a half a dozen people knew that the truck didn't wad up and, and, and crash. And everybody wanted the rest. And I cannot tell you how many text messages I fended off and messages are, <laughs> nope, not going to show you, not going to show you. And about an hour before we posted it, I dropped it to all my friends. And they're like, dude, that's it? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it, 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 we did learn a lot. We nosed it in and we, we did push the bumper into the fender, which caused the, the bumper or the fender to pop off the body mount. But it didn't break the fiberglass. The fiberglass is... Still the class of just some R&D just learning what it can do or can't do or whatever it can do so yeah so did you make any real changes from that um, like what you learned from it or what we learned one is is that we need a longer ramp ramp which we yeah the ramp before, was, right that was it was getting it was all cold. against you at that point yeah right? it was yeah we were we, we were up against the wall there uh, we put ballast in the back we needed to put more ballast in the in the back to, to equal it out because of what it is if we jump to I'm not gonna jump to a flat again we're gonna jump to another uh, from ramp to ramp uh, for our next deal, okay. which is going to be kind of cool. But that, um, slow it down a little bit. We do need to work on the shocks and the spring rates. Uh, that's That was something we planned to do uh, two weeks ago in California. We just ran out of time. And this was a last minute deal and it literally, I was like, oh, what the heck, we'll just jump. And I figured if we jumped like 30, 40 feet, it would be great. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to Lance and he's like, I'd hit it at 50. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just don't want to short it. So I'm like, I'll hit it at 60. Well, I got there and I hit it at 70. So it, 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 it was a downhill. It got a little extra speed going or something. Well, I just didn't want to short it. That was my biggest deal. Yeah, and no. I didn't want, you know, and, and make it one and done. Yeah, we got one and done. Everybody's like, well, how were the other jumps before? I'm like, well, I, we, that's honestly what I was going to ask you is that did you take a one at 30, one at 50, one at 70? Uh, no, it was getting cold. We just did it. <laughs> we went with it. Um, we do have some, we have, it's kind of funny. We have some footage of it jumping off a loading dock and stuff. And it's like, it's yeah, like yeah, compared down. to that, yeah. So, but it's 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 what it is, and it's it's fun and it's cool, and it was an amazing way to to bring you know everybody was slaughtering us about this, and I don't know what an internet campaign costs to put yourself on just about every vehicle feed in as a company in for four days straight. We broke the internet. Right. I mean, right. we really did, and I'm you know what I'm bragging for a second because I don't I really don't care at that point. We did it. I had no idea. 
<laughs> we got some geese coming by. Yeah. Um, we did it with an intent not to, to go to that level, but we did. And when we stopped it, halfway through and just let everybody hang in, I got a, I got a, a text message from Martin Barkey at MBRP, who's been a great contributor to the, to, the, to the program. He's like, is it okay? And I'm like, it's okay. And he's like, cool, I'll wait for the video. And then we did it, and he's like, buddy, he's like, we pay a lot of money for marketing campaigns that sure. don't net a tenth of this response. He goes, well done. And that goes to Lance and to Lex, because they were the ones that wanted to post half the video. You know, we got a broken intercooler, uh, some body work, some uh, shop time, uh, some paint work. I think, I think all in were like three grand is what shop total and labor. I don't know of a... Yeah, that many views you could buy for... No, and it's sold, you know, we have, we, we've sold five trucks because of it. And you know what? So it's, those orders have came in since that video. Absolutely, and people and understand inquiries. I take, we take two, in, two series inquiries a day. And, you know, the way I look at it is I'll spend as much time as I, I can or I, somebody wants to about explaining the, the project and what we sure. did. Because the truck sells itself. But until you know the backstory and the fact that it's not just some lifted truck with right. a body kit, right. it, you understand what it is and you have a, an idea of where everything goes and where, where the time and money is spent and, and where it is. And I understand if you can't justify it, totally get it. But if you can and you understand where we're going, and anybody that's built something like that, I mean, shoot, you've, been, you've done it, you've been around your dad, you understand right. what it takes to bring something to fruition. And More than you ever expect. Well, you know, the last <laughs> the, our standard line here is the last ten percent takes ninety percent of the time and ninety percent of the money. Greg's over here bobbing his head up and down, <laughs> and it did. And you just keep going and you keep feeding it. And all the time that we were doing this, from the time we left California till the time this truck was finished, and Chris Chris and his wife came out to help finish the truck to debut it. Um, I mean, it was really emotional. It was pretty cool to see it come to 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 come together, but. It's one of those things where if you don't understand what's what it's a part and what what goes to building it, you can't justify the price, and I get it. But um, yeah, business is brisk. It's been good, and uh, man, I, we're having fun doing it. It's, that's the, that's the thing. I guess you're building some like the import stuff and all that. That's good, consistent. But this is play. This is yeah. I'm I'm to the point in my life to where the shop is successful, and I feel very blessed, and I have great employees. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, the Tuesday we came back and we started getting getting uh, a fair amount of traction with it. Um, uh, Aaron Trail and, and Billy Lindauer, who were my my, my front guys, um, I got fired. They kicked me out of the front. <laughs> they like go sell trucks. We got this. Right. And they know that this has been a passion and how hard we've tried to do this, and they understand it. Yeah, and, it's starting and, to come around now. Yeah. And... It's, you know, you're trying to you're 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 enjoying the fruits of your labor and trying to see it out. And you know, we're an ESOP, so. Everything that we do is employee-driven. Sure. So every person here has a stake in the game, and they see a bigger picture, and they understand when they do something, they do it for themselves, for the company, and for the client. And I don't need to get rich building trucks. I don't need to get rich fixing imports. I don't need to get rich selling oil. That's not my deal. We're comfortable. We're, we, we, we do well. I'm not, I just want to build really, really cool stuff. And to be able to do it with my kids, right, and my friends, sure. Uh, it's all the it's all the fun stuff that comes along with it. So yeah, it's the it's the stuff that it, it's people don't understand that it's a lot of people don't, and some people do. Is you would kill to be able to do stuff with your dad like you do, and I would kill to I would give anything to be able to do something with my dad. 
So instead, I do it with my kids. Right. And I do it with Lance, and, and it's 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 cool. They got a lot of people around here, always have, as far as racing and all that, that kind of flock to it, I guess. Yeah. Always come to take part in what you're doing, or, I mean, you, we'll get into some more of that, of what yeah. he's done racing-wise and all that, too, but uh, just kind of all the people that know you because of that truck or know you because of that race car that's sitting over there or just yeah. all the different things you've done. So I guess you're, you're not always doing it for, like you said, if not, you're going to end up with a couple cool car trucks or whatever. You're not, you don't know if you're going to sell a bunch of them. Yeah. Agreed. I, I'd like to think we are. And I think we're, we're the direction of travel sure, sure looks like it. But at the end of the day, um, you know, some people might know Willie. Uh, Willie mm. Willie B is a good friend of mine, and we talked about we, we talked about a lot of pretty heavy stuff, believe it or not. <laughs> get deep. But, yeah, get pretty deep. But one of the things that he said, and we talked about New Year's, we talked about the slices of the pie. And as you're 20, you have 20 slices of the pie. And as you're 40, you have 40 slices. And those slivers get smaller and smaller and smaller. And your memories get thinner and thinner and thinner. And as your days start to go in, you start counting that you might have 30 springs, 30 summers, 30 winters, oh, yeah, 30 okay. falls. So start thinking about that. Sure. It seems kind of weird, but enjoy yourself. Have fun. Go do something. You know, take a chance, man. That's I'll tell anybody. If you want to get in the automobile business, man, there's so much money there. If you're good, you will do very well. Take a chance. It's not you can't email a car, um, but <laughs> but and you can't Instagram a car. But if we want to work with your hands and you want to be in the trades. Uh, there's nothing better, and it's a great, honest way. You know, people talk about dirty hands, clean money. Um, that's something that's missing, and, and but I'm lucky enough to see that come to fruition where I've I've hustled and busted my ass, and a lot of people think that, it, you know, I had a silver spoon in my mouth. Let me tell you something, guys. Um, 13 years ago, I started a business with 144 bucks in my pocket, and we built it to this. Had some help from my mom and some other people, and, and I feel very, very blessed. But at the same time, we started back over with my with my new wife Michelle at the time and we started and built built it up and and it was with great people that did that and we you know it wasn't just me by any means and that's that's the you know the that's the it's the sum is greater than or the you know the parts are greater than the sum but I feel that if you're able to do something that you love you don't work sure just come and have fun and bust your ass and sure it's stressful and if you own a business, and, and as your father is, you know, as Greg has, and m most of my friends, there's payroll, there's insurance, there's clients, there's employee problems. I mean, if you feel like that the, the line is, you know, maybe if you remember the TV show uh, or the television show, or the movie, A Major League, they're talking about all the stuff they got to do, and they got to sacrifice a chicken for somebody, <laughs> and they got to do this and do that. You know, it's what it takes to make the day run, and right. you laugh about it, but it's that's what it takes. So at the end, if you can add that all up and be able to go do something cool, whether you're one guy and you have a business or you have 200 people, uh, it's go do it. I tell everybody, just jump. You know, there's a great, Steve Harvey, there's a great video on YouTube. If you guys follow Steve Harvey, it's called Jump. And I highly recommend anybody watch that that feels like they need to go do something. It's a little religious and that's great, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. if you watch it, I don't know, have you ever seen it? No. Uh, it's You need to see it. Yeah. Somebody like you I'll will be greatly it. motivated by it. But sure. it's like, dude, water's fine. Just freaking jump. Do it. Try. You only get one chance at it. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. What's the worst thing that happens? Right. No, you can absolutely. make more money. You can fall. You can skin your knees. It's okay. Trust me. Everybody sees what everybody does on, on, on social media. They, they always see the successes or the potential successes or the major fails. Or the they fails, don't, yeah. You know, they don't see the difference. And the difference is getting up every day and going to work and busting your ass 
and staying late and, and thinking about this and thinking about that. I never, I never leave work. Right, right. I, yeah, you live it every day. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's fun though, sure. so you might as well do what you're going to do, but just do it, man. There's not enough small businesses out there and there's not enough people. Use Jim Hull as an example. Jim Hull is a one-man band. One man. That effing kills it. And the yep. dude, I love him to pieces and the guy works his ass off and he builds really, really cool stuff. That's one man. And then you have somebody like Mikey Cecina. Mikey Cecina, I, he, I mean, he's got a ton of employees. And dude, that guy, I see him driving trucks. I see him hauling stuff. I see him dragging stuff. He has a newborn baby boy. I, that guy works every day. Joe Barry. I mean, these guys are all guys that are friends of mine that I, I, I feel very honored to have as friends. But I look up to them. Right. Joe Barry's a hero of mine. You know, Mikey busts that. Those guys kill it. You know, and J Jim, I mean, the guy comes and he looks like, Swamp thing when he gets done, and you know, and he just keeps going back. He does, yeah. And these guys care. Chris Lewis is a great nobody, you know. Chris Lewis, this guy is just was a two man band, and John Man and, and 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 Bumper Bobby, these guys are like building stuff in California and advanced fiberglass. These guys are all, you know, what I like the coolest thing about something like this is we're supporting families, we're supporting softball teams, we're supporting gymnastics, right, we're right. supporting, you know, when you have employees and it grows. It becomes it becomes communal, and that's the stuff that people are missing, and that's what's the cool part of, of doing stuff like that. I mean, I love that. It's it's kick ass. It's, yeah, just the the community around what you've kind of built, and the yeah. people you're around, and, and you know, and the friends you sure. make, and the people you live, you know, and, and the haters you earn, and the haters you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 fun. So I think if you're not, like you said, with the jump or with business or whatever, if somebody's not sad at what you're doing or. You don't have some haters in there somewhere. You're not doing something different. So. Oh, oh, yeah, and I, you know, I, I've earned a, a fair amount of them, and I'm, and I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll take ownership <laughs> of it. Um, some I picked, and I've, I've won, and some I, I, I've come apart, I've come upon them honestly. But yes, you're right. <clears throat> haters, haters get you there, and, and and they don't realize it, but it's fuel, man. Just keep <laughs> yeah, going. It's yeah. fuel. I don't, I don't care, and just yeah. you know, and they won't fade you. And it's like you, you get it. Or your dad, or, 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 and I use that because it's a, it's a great analogy. Is if everybody loved you, and you were to love everybody else, you'd marry your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, you would never leave your block. Everything would be fine. You wouldn't have any reason to, to grow and to, to, to want to have everybody be the same person. Yeah, yeah, and yeah we're definitely sure. not. We're no, definitely no. Not. So uh, I guess where I've kind of met Doug or kind of known Doug's through my dad and some of the racing and. Uh, that was all before all the truck stuff really, really came about, and so we'll talk about some of that. I mean, you've done, from what I know, I guess, was the the Firebird a 10.5 car? Um, it was actually a 275 car. 275 my, car. Yeah. My my very first car, I'll, I'll kind of give it around. My very first like cool car was a 66 Nova. It was lemonwood yellow, had a bench seat, um, went uh, 1090s on the motor, and uh, fastest we went I think was 882 here on the spray back in oh. 99 99 greg yeah 99 so, so that's 99. kind of the beginning of all streetcar stuff early 90s yeah we, we traveled to california and raced denny savage's deal and we raced some nsca stuff in in bowling green and it was a super cool car and in 01 it was uh there was a it was parked at a sonic and a uh, drunk driver um oh. had fallen asleep at the top of the hill and jumped to uh, basically jumped uh, the highway or the the road and landed on top of my car and totaled it and started back over and we bought a I bought a 89 Mustang and put the small block Chevy 
18 degree motor in that and Paul Kleizek and I raced that for a number of years and did pretty well. Um, went through a, a divorce and kind of sold everything and, and was going to just write off racing and you know racing you know motorsports is kind of like the mob just when you think you're out they drag you back in right? <laughs> yeah. and um, something cool new happens yeah. or whatever yeah you know so we, we start the shop and I start back over and I, things start to turn around and um, wanted to build a, a 66 Nova again and that kind of fell on on deaf ears started to get going on that and it kind of fell and I wanted an F body and at the time okay. PSCA rules were really slighted towards uh, Fords and okay. I was lucky enough to have Josh Lindsay from Dallas Texas turn me on to a small block Ford that Grant McCreary and him ran it was an absolute beast uh, bought that had Paul uh, rework some of that and had Justin that's how I met Justin Kill from Overkill Race Cars mm. build me this car and I told him that I wanted this to be a car for the ages I wanted it to be something that was like nothing else right so we set forth and uh, Justin built a beautiful car for me and we uh, crusty painted it and had two ounces of, uh, of 22 carat, uh, carat uh, gold leaf on it <laughs> um, real gold go all um, out on it yeah it had Alicantara suede interior throughout and the headliner I mean it was it was totally over the top and um, in radial racing is often the case it's a uh, trial by fire and we, we learned very quickly that a radial um, doesn't like certain tracks, and we were at, uh, at Streetcar Supernats six, five years ago, um, drove over uh, some water that was left, and it, uh, it lawn darted into the wall and totaled the car. Um, it was a super sad day, but at the same time, it is what it is. It's racing. And right. It's the yeah. You know, when you strap in, that's yeah. always a yeah. chance. And that, that kind of prepares you for business and for life. And otherwise it's that <laughs> it sounds crazy, but in, a, in an instant it can be gone, but you can, as long as you walk away, right. you can start back over and you, there's, you know, and I always say what, what we lose in the fire, we gain in the ashes and we find it. <laughs> so with that, we, uh, wadded that car up. We bought a car from, uh, it's actually here. It's Dave Jensen owns it now. But uh, we called it Burning because it was built by a guy named Ronnie Duke who was uh, caught up in the um, the mortgage uh, scandals in the in the late 2000s, right. and that was the first LS that uh, was in the sevens. Uh, okay. It was built by uh, built by uh, Wheel to Wheel with the GM Motorhouse, and uh, we promptly put a Ford in it because uh, <laughs> we could. Um, it had a 95 deck to Soma motor on it. It was a bad, fast son of a bitch. That car was that car is probably one of the best driving small tire cars I've ever driven. Um, sold that, and we bought the car from Hellion, from that was the purple car. Um, oh, okay. That, that was a ten five. Right, car that car the, goes way back. Yeah, that car goes way back. It was built originally for a, I can't remember the first guy, but then Billy Glidden had it. Uh, was built originally by Skinny Kids, and then behind bars is, it fixed it, and a bunch of people added stuff to it. And it's an old car. It was one of the very first. Sure. I think it was the very first new edge car that was a that was a, a ten five car. Oh, okay. Uh, it has a VIN, but it didn't even have on the quarter panels that were were they were actually stamped. With for the for the uh, for the thirty three ten five W didn't have a gas door, hmm. so there's something there. It, it might have been a Ford factory deal. I'm, we're not sure, but that car was huh. history. You know, yeah, it, sure. uh, We got it from Dwayne, and we kind of made it our own and put smaller wheelhouses on it. And we bought a we bought two Greer Morrison five three four space uh, turbo motors, which are very oddball combinations. There's three of them on the planet. Uh, we have two of them. Uh, it's in a Incredible combination, and quite frankly, we've only scratched the surface to the power of what they're capable of. Um, Mel, you're not listening because it's slow and it's just a big block Chevy. Uh, we'd just like to keep those weights where we're at. Definitely. Right. With that being said, we we have that. And we have another project. We have a. Uh, you can walk around. It's sitting over here in a cover, and I'll show you. But I'm not going to show anybody else. Um, we're, we're building a Pro 275 car that is um, 
out of this world. It is cool. super cool. And we might get that out this year. Um, I have a, we raced the gray car and we've done pretty good with that. We raced one streetcar super nats a couple years ago. Yep. Um, people might say it's luck. Uh, I'd say it's luck, absolutely. But uh, that's luck, half a race. Yeah, luck doesn't <laughs> luck doesn't give you um, four uh, sub forty lights. In right, a row right, right. And and be able to go you know two hundred thirty six miles an hour a couple times. Oh, it's your day. It's your day. And yeah, we we did it. We did it. And that was that was probably the best day of racing I've ever had. Um, came back, raced some stuff here, raced some stuff in Texas. We had a grudge race that we did. I wish it would have been a little bit different, but we had a grudge race that was sure. that kind of gained a little bit of popularity. Yeah, it's um, crazy what just a little bit of. Some of those grudge races or whatever's happening, what goes so. on. <laughs> That's about as random as it gets. We'll even work on a Friday, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess right? so. Uh, <laughs> that was not a client's car, just for the record. Um, <laughs> But uh, raced that, we, we had some problems. We, uh, our big stuff drivers kept failing that year. And long story short, we hydrolocked the, uh, the motor and I put the intake manifold into the stands and car caught on oh, fire. Oh yeah, and a huge that was, like, backfire deal. Huge, um, put fire in the entire car. Uh, I was on fire, physically on fire. Probably one put, of those, that's, I guess I've never had it, hope I never do, but that's probably the biggest thing I'm scared of as far as race cars or you, you, you should any be. of that goes. Yeah, you should be, and it's we. I was physically on fire for about, I would guess probably between 10 and 15 seconds, which feels like a month. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And we were, I, I had put both 20 pounds of, twenty pounds on me, and it, it didn't go out. And um, the carbon fiber inside the car had caught on fire. Justin's built me a hell of a nice car and safe. But my wife saw me on fire, and uh, that's tough. So we took the rest of the year off. We campaigned a, our mile car. We have a mile car that's a street car. Yeah, it's we'll talk about cold. that here in a minute. Yeah, um, and I've been on fire on that too. Uh, fire <laughs> yeah, sucks. Yeah. So the gray cars got me on fire twice. Uh, black car caught me on fire once. So I decided to take a break. Uh, Lexus was getting her senior year and in school and T was getting older and they were living with us full time. Those are my kids. And uh, I just life was just happening. Yeah, sure. life gets sorry guys, I get a little misty. <laughs> uh, we just wanted I wanted to spend time with the family and grow the business and some other stuff had happened and it was it was time to take a break and which we did. Um, yeah. we still continue to help people race and build cars and tune and and you're never gone from the track for sure. Uh, I, it was funny because I the last race, uh, the last PSCA race that last year was the first time I was at Vandermeer at a, an event. I take Lex and T had both gone to test and tune and literally had pretty much been gone from it. Yeah, and I showed up and Larry Chris out. is like, he's like, good to have you back. You're racing anything? I'm like, no, I don't have anything. He goes, how's retirement? I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> he goes, can you stand? And I'm like, no, we're coming back. Um, and we are. It's fun. It's it's you can't you can't shake it. It's tough and you don't realize how cool and important it is and the people that you see and and you know just people that you don't normally see you know throughout the week or throughout the yeah, month. Yeah, your racing family. You have that community yeah. at the track that oh, you hang out yeah. with. And you know, and you got the racing dads. I mean, there there's there's people and everybody knows it. There there's three people that I think are absolutely um, three of the best guys in motorsports. It Denver Motorsports as far as dads and um, one was John McLean who passed away uh, last year, mm -hmm. Jay's dad. Um, miss him. 
Johnny Kenville book, who's Joey's uh, Joey's daddy's great guy, and um, probably my personal favorite is Glenn Bessner, who's who's um, uh, Max's dad. Okay. And you know those guys, they always were track dads. And if I did something stupid or did something good, those each one of those three guys would come say something. And stuff <laughs> like that for me means a lot because they would take time out of the day. And that's part of the community. The the Denver racing community and Colorado racing community is pretty cool in that respect. So right. that's that's part of what keeps us coming back too. Yeah, so and I guess that's some of the, the hard part when you're trying to race at a certain level for so long. Yeah. The we, time, the money, the energy, the... It's, it is tough. <laughs> racing, you know, we've, we've been on a nonstop racing push since 2010, and we haven't stopped. We've, we've been through four cars, and you just keep going, and you keep pouring, and it's like a drug. And you look back, and you don't wish you had the money, back but you sure wish you had the time sure back. and you know my wife suffered uh she became a race widow and while she supports me and everything she's still she's married to me for a reason she likes <laughs> despite popular belief she likes spending time with me being around <laughs> so um you know it's it's important to incorporate that and have balance and some some wives love to come to the track and my wife does and some some wives love to be embedded in it and that's great mine my wife doesn't know anything about cars she says okay. is this good is this bad you know i'm like no that's bad no that's good and she just knows she now knows what the wind light is and what reaction right, right. time and stuff and she's kind of grown it but you know it's there's there's a balance in life and that's something where um you you can't chase too hard you you, sure. you, you do you leave nothing left and it's i promised myself i'd never go into debt racing i would always race with what i had and to make the next move we were going to do with the cars it was a situation where i was potentially going to have to go in debt and, and do some stuff that I didn't want to do. Right. Um, not interested. The morals kick in and you try to no, it's, try you, to yeah, it you, off. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you feed the monster and, and right. some guys live, you know, everybody has a budget, right? And sometimes your budget's bigger than others, sometimes it's smaller, but you keep feeding it and at the end of the day, it's not, you can't do it. And at the end, you know, it's, it's just sure. a stupid car. Yes, it's friends, That's, <laughs> it's a stupid car. And you yeah. know what, You're, you know, what's, what do they say? Try to try to try to uh, to impress people that you don't know with money I don't know the whole thing but it's it, it at the end of the day it's you just you got to check it in so we pulled it back in and took a big breather and then that happened so so you never actually out of it you just changed changed directions a little bit yeah I, you know, hopefully we can make <laughs> money doing this but at the same time uh, the racing's never far it's not sure. I'm not far from being involved in it and it the smell of M1 still makes my body tingle, and um, yeah, that's a yeah. freaky deal. So, it's, like yeah. the half mile, or mm -hmm. did you half mile the car or just mile it? We've never half miled the car. Okay, um, it falls on Father's Day, and we always sure. have plans. So I never, we are going to do it this year. I promised myself we we're going to do the the half mile in the black car. We did the mile. So what is the black car? So the black car is a 2012 Mustang. Uh, it has a Coyote in it. Uh, Coyote is a small block Ford. Uh, it started, I bought it from Ryan Rigo. It had a Hellion kit um, with the MMR 1000 block, short block, made 1250, mm -hmm. uh, which was a lot. Um, we changed some stuff around, started the car when we first got it. It ran 1080s by the time we were done. We're doing no performance modifications whatsoever, just chassis stuff. We did, uh, I did 90s, uh, 903. Yeah, it was one completely streetable. Oh, yeah. We, real drivable. No, yeah, air conditioning took, I mean, there's a famous picture and video of me taking my dog to Petco. <laughs> to take it to get um, so yeah, and yeah. it's 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 kind of morphed now. It's got a, it's got a uh, Jeremiah Hussey built me a, uh, 
crazy ass joke. It's, uh, well, I'll tell everybody the world doesn't care. Uh, made 1795. Oh, no shit. Uh, yeah. In the car? Yeah, or? on the wheels. Wow. Made 1795 uh, at the wheels. Well, on methanol. Uh, on M1, um, no intercooler. It is still streetable. It uh, has fender exits. It's completely out of control and stupid. Uh, but yeah, you can drive it. It's, um, the car's dumb. It doesn't need, it. it is terrifying to drive on the street. Uh, just because even with the boost controller, it, it wants to knock the tires off at any given point. I will tell you that on C470, hypothetically, on South allegedly, Mex allegedly in South Mexico, GPS verified, and I would take it to my grave. It's been 268. <laughs> um, yeah, that was That's 268 insane. passing two GTRs. And if you're watching, you know exactly who you guys are. And I swore, and uh, it's Justin was sitting shotgun, and, and I, I would never do it again, and I wouldn't tell anybody to do it. But holy shit, was that fast. Yeah, that's insane. So, so you, how fast did it, different combo than right. when you were in the mile, when you ran yeah, the mile? Yeah, the, the mile, it had the, it had the stock block stuff in it. It went uh, 2.15, was it 2.15.4, and then unfortunately the uh, valve covers caught on fire because of their plastic and where the, the turbos are routed. Uh, it, mm. it, it didn't make for a good combination. I mean, you live and learn. Uh, car, car melted, um, but our fastest was 2.15, which... To the best of my knowledge, at that time it was the fastest street-driven car at the Colorado Mile. Wow. Uh, Scuba Steve with his with his sure. GTR yeah. was two fifteen. I think it was two fifteen point one. Oh wow! So, so it was I got super cool. <laughs> uh, but with that, we progressed and we wanted to do some the Texas Mile stuff, and we we wanted to, we will do two fifty in the car. The car's ready to go. It's sitting over here. We could uh, charge the battery, fire it up, take it around the block. It's it's ready to go. Complete. We did two of the streetcar takeover stuff and that was a complete flop because of a, a stupid uh, deal but that that's me i owned it doing the roll racing portion yeah right. it, yeah we won the roll race two years ago which was pretty fun and we decided to come back and try it again and, and flop horribly <laughs> what, do, what do you think about drag racing half mile racing roll racing at the track like which mm -hmm. kind of your what do you enjoy like i mean i guess it's all I, fun they're but. they're all fun it's different so uh there's nothing quite like going through the traps at 240 mile an hour Sure, uh, and it's, it happens so quick, and it you do have to think, but you don't think. Um, the roll racing is different because it's kind of like getting on an entry ramp and and, and hauling. It's fun and it's almost over. Half mile, I haven't done it yet. Uh, track, I'll, I can comment the the mile is scary as shit. It's a long time. It's a long time, and you see you see the wind socks, and you pass them, and you see a quarter mile, and you're going 160. And then you see the half mile, and you're going 190 to 205. And then you look up, and there's the mile, and you still got a half mile to go. And the car's doing this, and you're just letting the car go. And you're just like, please don't hurt me. Because it's all unsettled, and, and it's yeah, not. And you're yeah. doing it in every gear change, and you're just waiting and waiting, and you're feeding it. And it's you're driving with the egg underneath the gas pedal, right? Not too much. You're not full throttle. If you're full throttle, your your car's slow. Right, um, right. Right. You know, your baby, and you're trying to push it through and, and trying to get it to where it's at. And, the car's all slicked up now, so much better. But it was just basically a stock, um, a stock G, uh, you know, GT with the big boss splitter on it, and it was to go back and look and see what we did. Stupid. I mean, I can't believe we we got away with what we did um, just because it was pushing so much air. But it gives you a long time to think about it. It's different, and it's almost like everything slows way down. Like way that. down, and then you think about if you crash. Those cars, if you see in the car crashes, yeah, it's, they tumble, mm -hmm. and I'm surprised nobody has been super seriously hurt. That's what we've talked about some of like how the safety 
because you don't have to have SFI 25 nothing out there or any of that stuff which part of that's because you're not racing against another car or what it but man some of them cars when they do wreck they go way out into the field or jump across a taxiway or yeah and, and people talk about well it tumbles and you walk away but that's your extremities your 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 body that's attached Starts coming that. out of the car you're coming out yeah i mean you you, you do the daryl gwynn right your arms do the flop and you drive over yourself uh, that's it, the terminal speeds that those things happen and what happens i'm surprised nobody's gotten hurt i and i'm not saying anything bad or anything else no, and, it, but it's just yeah. from what you've seen in drag racing yeah. to what they're doing in half mile it's oh it's huge somebody said uh on the oh yeah one mile doesn't take it. It doesn't take any talent to go to go to standing mile. Just standing on the gas. Um, I know who you are. I know exactly how fast you've been, and you have no idea what you're talking about because <laughs> it is scary as shit. The car floats. It moves around. It takes finesse to understand. Sure, you can go 160, 170, but you get over that 185, and it's worth kind of maintaining, right? Like it's it, actually you're you're trying to accelerate. So the biggest thing for us is we are trying to keep over a G of acceleration. That was our whole plan of attack to try to get there. And that we dipped down to seven tenths um, when we crested right about 190 miles an hour, just because it's pushing. You're, you're you're pushing aerodynamically. You're pushing. You're just pushing a box car, and you just or a barn door, and you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and the car just gets it gets heavy and slow, and then you have to stop in a half mile because that's how mm. this is. So you throw the chute and you stand on the brakes and the car gets on all settled and you think you're going to shit yourself and you're just all over <laughs> yeah. it and 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 at the very end you take a right. And you're like, woohoo, and you get done. But that getting to that end of that terminal speed and getting the car slowed down that quick and trying to gather yourself back up, it takes a lot. It's uh, that it's pretty intense. I'm not gonna lie. No, I, I'm sure after the. Yeah. That's what we talk about, and like my dad's done the half mile, and I've been in the cars and stuff. Not, I think what the, one of the cars went like 128. So I mean, I've been faster in the quarter or whatever, but just that extra time that you're. Yeah. And then you, that's a half, let alone the the miles. Man, that's way out there. When, so. when you can think about long enough to change the stations on the radio, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and you're just, yeah. you're just, just kind of what's next. Yeah, you got to think about it, and you're watching. And what's even weirder is when you're going out there, you can watch the the windsock boat. So you're watching the windsock, and, and you you'll literally, it's crazy because you'll watch the windsock move, and a, just a couple moments later, you'll feel the car shove. Wow. And you'll see that's it. That's super and, weird. And you'll feel it, and you know it's coming, and it's kind of like it. And then it'll it'll move the other direction. The car doesn't move, so it, there's 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 air tur turbulence out there that's not sure. affecting you here. Sure. And it's you don't really get it. And if you do it enough times, I think you would probably get used to it. I haven't done it enough times. I just yeah. realized that, and I was like, I mean, it's cool. It's addicting. I can I can see why people do it. They're kind of liking to go that route. Oh yeah, and it's 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 gaining popularity, and I think it's. I I really do think that it's it's a pretty pretty good ultimate test of something if it can stand white you know close to wide open throttle full boost or full spray or whatever it is right even NA for that long because they're not designed cars are not designed to be wide open for a mile right and that's that's kind of what we've talked about is we're like yeah like you can kind of see where the power goes and where but there it's it's a different thing the aerodynamics and everything starts changing and oh yeah and the attitude of the car and how much air is going over the car as opposed to under the car and, how are you managing that? And what do you, you know? What are you doing to, you know, anything under probably 150 is probably all about the same. I'm assuming, uh, and I only speak that just because I've been 150 and it doesn't seem that fast. And then sure. you you get it out there, and, but it's the the momentum that you're carrying, and then you have to stop it, and then you have to, you know, to think about it. But it, the mile stuff is is it's intriguing for sure, um, and not everybody's done it. To say you've gone 200 miles an hour in a mile. Uh, 
yeah, I got the T-shirt and the coupon to prove it and the, and the license. So, but yeah, that's so. I guess you've kind of done a little bit of it all as far as straight line stuff. And um, I held an ARCA license when I worked for Porsche you? North America. I held an ARCA license, and we we did uh, safety training as well as Porsche ride and drives. Oh, okay. But uh, no, I know how to turn right and left too. Uh, I just don't do it as much as you know. But it's I've always wanted to do two things. I've always wanted to do one was go to Bonneville. Oh, and, cool. and 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 sure. campaign a Bonneville car, and I want to run a, I want to run a trophy truck, and I wanted to run a trophy truck since for since trophy trucks came out for twenty years. <laughs> Until you see I him running like, across yeah, the yeah, Baja. It's, and... it's it's cool as hell, and it's yeah. this is kind of that's kind of the the migration to this. Not saying that these are trophy trucks by by any means, but at the same time, um, they're a lot closer to a trophy truck than a two F two fifty is. Sure, sure. That's what's that's what's pretty crazy. As you look at them, you're like, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, this thing's bigger than a trophy truck. Oh yeah, the trophy trucks are real low, and they have low, you know, low center of gravity and stuff. It, it'll haul your trophy truck. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, pull it, and then you still. Yeah. It's kind of like a pit vehicle or something. It'd be kind of the, the total deal, I guess. Well, they, you know, there's, like there's, there's cool. some, there's, part of a, one of <clears throat> one of our directions of, of travel for the marketing of this is the UTV segment. Um, okay. A lot of people have UTVs, and yep. they have really nice trucks, and they have eighty-five thousand dollar UTVs. Yeah, you know, crazy it's how much they put in. They put, and then they have a decent truck, but this is, I, I tell people, and we have one guy that's actually in in uh, uh, Oregon that's that's ordered a truck that he, he does UTV stuff, and he's he's a builder, and he has this huge toy hauler, and he's like, well, tell him, like, I'll tell him everything you want it to. And so he's going to do that, and it's going to be great for his business, because a lot uh, of these, what we've sold, uh, except for one that's going overseas and then a local, everybody, it's been corporations to buy them. Oh. They're big companies, huh. so it's you know, so it's it's they, to use it for one, you know, for whether you know for personal use or otherwise. So it's been kind of cool, right? Yeah. So you meet all sorts of people throughout everything. So like, how did so like uh, something we talk about like the HPL deal? Yeah. Like, how's that kind of come about? Or it, that's an interesting story, and I can do it in about less than five minutes. <laughs> um, I struggled. We hurt some parts in our five three four space motor. Uh, we took some pushrod tips off, and we struggled. And I I thought we were doing something wrong, so. I called Rear Morrison, who built the motor, and I called uh, Grant McCurry, who we bought it from, and they're like, "No, it's your, you're running out, you're running out of oil. You don't have enough oil in it." And we're like, "We're running the 14 quarts, you know." And we kept struggling with all these problems, and it came back to oil. And we sent it, to, sent the motor to Rear, and, and uh, he was nice. He's like, "You're just running, either running out of oil, or running the wrong oil. What are you running?" And and I won't say who we were running, but it was a it was a well-known uh, sure. brand, but it wasn't quite what we needed. And we have always been pretty embedded since we started the the the, uh, the white and black uh, car with Precision. Oh, okay, right. And we have a great working relationship with Roger and with Joe Kervikas, and they took on Harry took on high performance lubricants, a private line of HPL lubricants. Okay. The biggest thing, the reason being is, is that turbos, uh, you know, oil is the lifeblood of every engine, but it's even more so with a turbo. So with a turbocharged application. Uh, your oil breaks down quicker. It, it foams faster. There's a there's a bunch of stuff, but oil shear factors or something you're talking with about. Shear, absolutely, and 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 anti foam and and what makes what makes oil oil, but it's it's magnified with a turbocharger. And anybody that doesn't believe that uh, doesn't know turbochargers and doesn't just know the amount they're... of heat in them. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, think about the heat and what it does as it goes right. through the cartridge of the turbo and RPMs and everything. Yeah. And oil control and foam, Makes and sense. you know, I tell I talk foam a lot because it's it, it, it relates to turbo stuff. But uh, so I struggled, and I got uh, Roger 
from Precision Turbo sent me a five gallon pail of something that just said 50 weight on it. It was, a, it was just a sticker. He says, try this. And within five runs, I knew we were onto something because we used to check lash in that motor. Uh, every pass, we'd pull a cover and check lash. And it would always, one or two of them would move around. Hmm. After the sixth pa- or after the fifth pass, we quit checking lash because it wasn't moving. It was oh. very stable. So at that time, they were just developing the HPL line, and they did not have the packaging. They had the quart packaging, but not the five-gallon. So I got one of the first fifty ga- or five-gallon pails of HPL 50 weight. And HPL high-performance lubricants has been around for about uh, ten years. They're a bunch of expatriates from Royal Purple. Uh, when Royal Purple was uh, sold to a venture capital group and became less and less of a quality. Sorry, yeah, I'll yeah. say it. So with that, they designed an oil that has been a building block and they've always tried to continually build upon the quality of the oil from base stock to finished product. They mm. build the majority of the pro stock oils, the majority of the pro stock uh, uh, motorcycle. It, the fastest pro stock motorcycles run their run oil. Run HPL? Yeah, run HPL and there was like six different versions of the, eight, eight different versions of the HPL for the pro stock bikes and they ended up going back to version six, David told me. So anyways, we're there, I do it, I happen to have the vehicle, the, the black Mustang, our standing mile car at the Precision booth at SEMA. And yep. they go, hey, we got somebody for you to meet. And it's David Wolf from HPL, mm-hmm. uh, High Performance Lubricants. And we start talking not about race oil, but about oil that we use every day and the problems that we have at our shop. A lot of the cars we work on are direct injection, and that is a torture test for standard engine oils, let alone great engine oil. And with what is asked of an engine oil these days, it's tough for it to, to survive. So he's like, I know what you're dealing with. We got it. Send me some samples. So I sent him some samples of the current oil that we were using, which was the factory-based stuff. And he confirmed everything that we had talked about. And we went about a path to try to fix it and to build an oil that combats the problem at hand as well as fixes some of the problems with the existing problems with sludge and coking and Yada, yada. So we started that and we started selling it in, in bulk and we, do, we were starting it at the shop and then we started selling the race oil and mm-hmm. now we're basically uh, the largest West Coast distributor of HPL that nobody knows about, which is great because we sell to other shops, okay. uh, we sell to, to race teams, we sell to commercial applications. The commercial applications for trucking, for hydraulic, for mining, horizontal contracting is huge. Um, huh. Just fracking alone, is, we're, we're, we're about ready to bust into the fracking industry and change a lot of stuff and give them economies of scale. But that's, you know, uh, there's so much to oil that people have no idea, and I don't claim to be a, a lubrication yeah, yeah, specialist. Sure I, yeah. I, I got people for that, but I do know the stuff works, and it works very, very well. So, so they have, so HPL has engine oil, transmission fluid too? We have 5,000 SKUs. Different, okay. So we have 5,000. So a little bit of everything. Um, all the way from, <clears throat> all the way from, uh, uh, all the way from gun oil to uh, high pressure grease. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. They make some of the best gun oil you've ever, you've ever. Used. I'll get you some. It's, that, it's that's kick cool. ass. So it's, uh, it, so that yeah, it's a, and it's a great product, and a lot of people use it. Uh, Joe Barry is a great example of somebody who struggled on Drag Week with a, an oil, and they were able to formulate an oil for him because he's kind of in a really different weird because the clearances are kind of funky and the heat's crazy, and his tranny heat gets nuts. And we brought him some tranny fluid, and it tightened stuff up, and, and made it for that dra- for Willie's grudge race deal. Yeah, and yep. it changed a bunch of stuff for him. And shoot, we can add. I'll tell you, but you can you want to tighten or loosen a converter a couple hundred RPM? We can do that fluid easy. Yeah. Then yeah, you you want to, so you can crutch some stuff, and you can do some really cool stuff with it. But over and beyond high guard. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The people run high guard, I totally understand, but not in a $8,000 or $12,000 M&M. <laughs> Granted, you're not going to run high guard. You're going to do, do it once, get your ass kicked. Right. You just send it back after it's all torched and they're going to yell at <laughs> Why'd you put that in there? So. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's cool. We'll have to look at, uh, I'm going to try some of that in yeah, my we'll guard you, yeah. stuff too. So yeah. try some of that. Uh, you always look for things like that. So, is there anything else? Anybody else you want to talk about? Things you're into doing? Uh, anybody have any questions? If you have any questions about the truck or racing or yeah, any of the stuff we're talking about, throw it in here. But uh, give Doug. I don't know if there's if you uh, want to follow up with him and some of the Defco trucks. It's I guess Defco trucks on Facebook, on Instagram, DefcoTrucks.com, um, and their website. Yeah, links right to my cell phone. Uh, yeah, I mean, ask away. I. If somebody's just interested in, in any level, and I something else that I do is if somebody's interested in the automotive industry and wants to further, uh, I can I have no problem trying to point you in the direction of some great people that are educators that are not uh, for-profit colleges. A lot of people go to for-profit schools, biotech, and stuff, and there's a place for everybody. Right. But in you know I, I I can't struggle enough. We kind of tipped on it before. The vocational industry is lacking people that want to get their hands dirty. And I will tell you that the biggest drought of talent is today that I've ever seen. And the guys that want to be in this industry and get it do very, very well and they'll succeed and survive and grow. Um, it's not obviously as, as glamorous as some stuff. And sure. But the, the vocation It's a are, good are, job as long oh, as you're willing to show yeah. up to work and yeah, do what you're yeah. supposed to do every show, day. Yeah, showing up to work and, and thinking that it's not all about you. <laughs> It just only slightly about you is a great way to start off. Right, right. So what do, what would you have, like, uh, any suggestions people, like, if they wanted to work in, like, paddock imports or, like, what do you guys look for in what, what do, or, Yeah, what do we look for? I look for, honestly, there's a couple different things I look for. One is somebody to look you in the eye, uh, shake your hand, understand. If they don't know what they're talking about, sure. they'll find out. Uh, a, a, a basic knowledge base of of. of Mechanics, obviously, and understand electronics because you got to be a mechanic, uh, an electrician, an engineer, heating and air conditioning specialist, and and, and a uh, a counselor or, or therapist uh, <laughs> to to do this. But to be to be rounded, to be open, to understand that every day is a challenge, and how you decide to you know it's your day, manage it how you want to, and and, and learn from your mistakes and, and 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 your challenges, and never be scared to take a chance and sure. to grow. Uh, and don't buy all the tools you can off the tool truck your first week at a job. <laughs> so Scott was asking, uh, HPL distributor on the East Coast? Uh, there are a couple, and Scott actually, um, just text me and I'll get you one. There's uh, there's a guy actually, there's there's three. Uh, you can buy them directly from, from uh, Precision if you want. Um, there's, oh gosh, I can't remember his name, but it's his name. His name's Scott too, but I'll get you his name. I can get you his name. I can send it to you in, on, in Facebook Messenger or text me. But it's great stuff. It really is. And it's funny because now it's kind of gathering some speed with the Street Outlaw guys. So oh. everybody's like, I'm wearing an HPL shirt. I've been wearing it for two freaking years. And <laughs> yeah, he's, like, yeah. he's like, man, I saw Daddy Dave. Did you get that from Daddy Dave? And I was at the store <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no, no, I actually. No, mine's actually kind of worn out. And I need, yeah. It's got these spots. But, you know, Dave's been great. And they're, they're gathering speed because the stuff works. And these guys, just because it's free doesn't make it good. And some of the dudes on that show are still all about the free. And, sure. um the gimme and uh some of them are actually about like making their shit live um there might be a car there or two that they kept complaining about killing bearings a couple years ago <laughs> i was running that rp stuff just saying 
still does. Um, there's something to that, and I, sure. you know, and people talk about that. I talk about like lifter sticking, or or this happens, or great is valve springs. Somebody runs a motor, you guys have been doing stuff for 20 years, and they're like, oh, I always one valve spring always dies. There's always a weak one. What kills a valve spring? <laughs> heat. Right. What's heat? Lack of lubrication. You know, or what kills a lifter? You know, and it's Tony Stark and I from Montrac. We were talking about Sunday. It was like you always know that noise. It's, and anybody's had a stuck lifter, it's like, and Greg's gonna laugh when he tells you you hear it all of a sudden, he goes, and you. <laughs> You, you, anybody who's stuck a lifter, so your cam you're, you're like, shit. And you know, it's you got a slide hammer, you got a slide hammer. That's all lubrication and oiling. So it's all that stuff. So it's, there's, it's, it's greater than that. So there's, it's, there's a lot to it. And, and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors to the industry and people don't understand which, and I don't either, but I know a lot of the stuff works. And if I, if, if you ask a question and I don't have an answer, I can get you the answer from somebody else. Sure. Well, last year you went out to, you didn't go to PRI this year, right? I did not. You went out last year though, yep. and we were hanging out in the, the HPL booth and yeah. talking to all those guys. It was funny. We sat and I talked to Dave Comstock forever and we were just, I'm not trying to big dick or anything, but it was, <laughs> it was funny because he had oil problems too. And he was having oil problems, oil problems, oil problems, and then he went to HPL and like everything magically went away. And he's like, huh. and I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, so Pretty it's the crazy. similar stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it's the simple things, not the, it's not yeah. all the high end fancy stuff that you need. No, and it's you know you have an engine oil that literally runs 40 to 80 passes. Yeah. yeah you put a filter crazy. on, but you can spin. I mean, yeah, we shoot our oil. That's that we, insane. Yeah, the oil that we run in our shop that we that our clients have is good to 1,400 horsepower in a 5W30. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it doesn't take much. It just, it, it, it really, really doesn't. It's pretty easy, actually. Well, now all the new performance parts and everything else, it makes sense to start. Like, they've been around 10 years, isn't like some crazy amount of time. Oh, well, as far I mean, as them? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they back, they're actually come from about 25 years of, of, of knowledge in the, in the lubrication because industry. Because from the prior. From that, and then they sure. have on, on, on the payroll, they have a guy by the name of Dr. David Rudnick. And uh, oh. Dr. David Rudnick, Rudnick, Rudnick excuse me, is the guy that came up with the API ratings, the cookies, the American Petroleum oh, okay. Institute for the federal government. Huh. He was the one that they asked for to do. He is the foremost, most knowledgeable human being on the planet. No, no BS. I think he holds four doctorates in lubrication. <laughs> and the guy is... He's, I guess that's being in your niche, I guess. Yeah, so. he's hes a little difficult to talk to. They don't take him out sure. in public. He's kind of like a Stephen Hawking. <laughs> but he talks, he doesn't have a speaking spell. Uh, but they have him on payroll. And there's all sorts, we had some lubrication questions for a horizontal contractor we've been working with that are very unique. And we gave him that and he was like, oh, you just do this. And we had a, some stuff now that Q, uh, the Q rated fuels are legal, the, the oxygenated fuels, those are difficult on bearings. They pound on bearings and we have a mixture for Q. And mm. it's different than the standard oil. Like the alcohol oil is different because, I mean, there's a ton of stuff to it. I know when I've changed my oil out, uh, you can smell the ethanol in it, mm -hmm. like crazy. So to give you a quick idea how to fix that is, is with HPL, all you do is um, open up your oil cap and put on your oil heater and you let it all boil away. You'll boil away in less than 15 minutes, all the water vapor and all the alcohol evaporates right off mm. and it'll turn back to just straight oil with HPL. So it, it like boils everything else out, but not mm -hmm. the oil. Itself. So what happens to that mm -hmm. is most most That's oils crazy. most oils have detergent or bonding agents that the, that hold on to the moisture to the to the water molecule. Well, alcohol and water sure. are synonymous, right? So they hold on to each other. So you need to separate that, and it takes heat to separate it. With a drag racing car, we don't run them long enough for them to right. get temperature for it to evaporate, right? We shut it down. Sprint cars are a great example. They run methanol, and they run. Uh, you know, they'll, you know, depends upon how many laps they'll run a night. But they were just at the Chili Bowl 
Uh, Sammy Swindell, who oh, uses yeah. HPL, they change the oil at the end of the race before they go home, just so they don't have trouble with it. They race on the same uh, 14 quarts the entire weekend. And I, right. You know, it's five days of racing. Right. That's methanol. Yeah, so, that's what's crazy is you listen to different things of, uh, if you're running it, you should change it after three passes, or you should change yeah. it after, you know what I mean? It's all the different. Like, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then, you know, people talk about adding zinc and doing this, and the right, bottom line right. is, if you have to add something to your oil, you're using the wrong oil. Right, yeah, you, I'm with you. It should, come in, it should come in the same can that you use. Somebody's got to design it for what you're using it for, yeah, yeah. For, for sure. Yeah. That makes sense. So. Um, I didn't see any other questions. I know my comments are kind of being goofy right now, but we might walk around the truck and have uh, have them show, them us, show us some things. Because even for me, looking at pictures of it, it I didn't realize what uh, what all was there. So, thanks everyone for listening. If you would please, please, please subscribe to Build Tune Race on all the social media outlets. I'd appreciate it very, very, very much. And look for the next one coming soon.